Good afternoon, everyone. One woman is refusing to sleep with a man until he spends $2,000 on her. You're really going to want to hear the reasons why. In the headlines on the update this Monday, health officials and people who are trapped inside of Gaza's largest hospital are rejecting Israel's claims that it is helping babies and others evacuate, saying that the fighting continues just outside the facility where incubators are laying idle without electricity and the critical supplies are running out. Meanwhile, activists that are protesting environmental issue, environmental abuses stateside, poor working conditions, and the Israel-Hamas war are protesting a global trade summit. We'll have the latest details. Locally, an attorney for Mayor Adams is confirming that the FBI, they seized phones and an iPad from the mayor this week as part of the investigation into his campaign fundraising. Ever since Iron Man came out in 2008, the Marvel machine has been one of the most unstoppable forces in box office history. But that aura of invincibility is showing signs of wear and tear. Rookie quarterback Tommy DeVito got started deep in his own territory in his first career start for the Giants. He did get sacked five times, but he also got a couple of late touchdowns, which is more than what the Giants got against the Cowboys in the season opener. And in the face of human-caused climate change impacting water access and weather patterns in the uh, Willamette Valley, which is a region known for hops growing, Farmers are using all the new strategies they can to stay afloat and provide for large and small breweries alike. This is the update, Monday, November the 13th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, broadcasting across the nation and around the world, this is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Monday. It is the start of a brand new week for us together around here. I hope all of you did have a good weekend right off the top. In the middle of the month now, this is when things they do start to get rather serious, because we are literally a week away from Thanksgiving. And in all the years that I've been going to school and working, I've always found, and I've mentioned this on the program before, that this is the toughest week to go through. Uh, because literally, it's a couple days right off the beginning of the month, you know, still celebrating Halloween and such. Then, like last week, you have a couple days off for Election Day and Veterans Day. And now, uh, this is the biggest test. It's a full week of work or whatever you're doing, school. And then, if you could just get through the first two days, Monday, Tuesday, of the following week, the Wednesday is really a breeze to get through because nobody's really doing anything. Lots of people are not even in school to begin with because they're trying to get out of town, too, or whatnot. So I believe we can make it. We can do this together. And there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about this week. I, I feel it in my, uh, in my, uh, in my chestal section. <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense, but it did to me. I'm Brandon Julian. Of course, folks, we appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be. And however, of course, that you personally may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We are going to begin this uh, Monday's proceedings with the latest, of course, in the war between Israel and Hamas. 
Health officials and people that have been trapped inside of Gaza's largest hospital are now rejecting Israel's claims that it is helping babies and others evacuate, saying that the fighting continues just outside of the facility where the incubators are laying idle without electricity and the critical supplies they are running out. Israel says that some people have been evacuated through from Shifa Hospital, but the health ministry has declined, denied, I should say, claims of evacuees and safe corridors. People sheltering in the hospital say that they're afraid to go outside. Uh, President Biden's national security advisor says that, quote, we do, want, do not want to see a firefight in a hospital where innocent people, helpless people, and people seeking medical care, they are caught in the crossfire. Uh, meanwhile, stateside back here in the American West in San Francisco, the activists out there, they are protesting environmental abuses, poor working conditions, and of course the Israel-Hamas war. They are protesting a global trade summit. They were marching in downtown San Fran yesterday. Uh, that's where the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Leaders' Conference is taking place this week. Thousands of protesters, they are expected. The No to APEC Coalition is made up of more than 100 grassroots organizations. President Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping uh, they are among the world leaders expected at the summit. Protesters will not be allowed into tightly controlled security zones, open only to attendees. Uh, the police chief of San Francisco says that the city, they welcome protesters, but they will not tolerate violence or uh, property destruction. Of course, we will have the latest details, of course, on tomorrow's edition of the program. Now, on to some of the other news of this Monday. And we're going to start out west in Rochester here in New York. Where over the last couple of weeks on the program, we've been telling you about the nominees for the Toy Hall of Fame. Well, the fans, they've made their votes. And they've pushed the, uh, the Fisher-Price Corn Papa into the National Toy Hall of Fame. Remember those? I remember having one when I was... Uh, a kid. The fact, the fact that I even remember that is something in and of itself. <laughs> but anyway, they're going to join baseball cards, Cabbage Patch Kids, and Nerf foam, Nerf foam Toys in the class of 2023. It was announced on Friday. The Fisher-Price push toy was voted in by fans as part of the 25th anniversary celebration of the Toy Hall of Fame. Baseball cards, Cabbage Patch Kids, and Nerf toys were chosen in the usual way, with input from a panel of national experts. Each year, of course, the Hall of Fame recognizes a group of toys that have inspired creating play and enjoyed long-lasting popularity. Back here in the city limits... An attorney for the mayor of this town, Eric Adams, has now confirmed that the FBI, they seized phones and an iPad from the mayor this week as part of the investigation into his campaign fundraising. Uh, Boyd Johnson said on Friday that the seizures, they happened after an event on uh, Monday night. The seizure of these devices comes days, of course, after federal agents searched the Brooklyn home of Adams' top campaign fundraiser, Brianna Suggs. Adams said nothing publicly about uh, his phones being seized when he met with reporters back on Wednesday. He said that he wasn't aware of any wrongdoing by members of his campaign team. Johnson says that Adams is committed to cooperating with this investigation. The National Women's Soccer League, they couldn't have scripted a better championship game matchup. O.L. Reigns' Megan Rapino and Gotham FC's Ali Krieger will face off in the final professional match for both of the veteran stars. It happened over the weekend in uh, San Diego. 
Uh, the two-time World Cup winners are both retiring after long club careers with an NWSL title being the only championship that has eluded both of them up to this point. Out in the borough of Queens, uh, the Dominican Winter League. A couple of teams were starting a three-game set out at City Field. Might as well, because nothing really happens at City Field in the offseason. But the fan reception was uh, really warm, even though the weather certainly was not. <laughs> More than 1,500 miles from their Caribbean ballparks, players from Aguilas Cabienas and Tigres de Alisi I'm praying I got both of those names right. <laughs> they took batting practice at the Mets' home wearing hoodies and ski caps. A crowd of less than 10,000 was on hand at the 44,000 capacity ballpark for the first pitch of the Aguilas' 3-0 win. Announced attendance was 25,233 for the first of three exhibitions, which do not count in the Winter League standings. Um, the advanced sale for Saturday afternoon though, was uh, 31000 Last week, we told you about the actors, about their strike coming to an end, and now the board members from the Actors' Union, they have voted to approve this deal with the studios that ended the strike after nearly four months. Uh, Screen Actors Guild American Federation of TV and Radio Artists Executive Director Talk about a mouthful. <laughs> Duncan Cabtree Ireland announced at an afternoon news conference that it was approved with 86% of the vote. The three-year contract agreement goes uh, next goes to a vote from the unions as members, who will now get to learn what they earn through spending the summer and early fall on the picket lines instead of film and TV sets. The vote begins, uh, uh, begins on Tuesday, that's tomorrow, and will continue into the month of December. Meanwhile, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the box office. In other news, I should say, we're going to talk about the box office. Because we all know that since 2008, the, when Iron Man first came out, the Marvel machine has been one of the most unstoppable forces in box office history. Now, though, the aura of invincibility that they had is starting to show some signs of wear and tear. The Superhero Factory hit a new low over the weekend with the launch of the Marvels. It opened with just $47 million, according to the studio estimates. The 33rd installment in the MCU managed to get less than a third of its nearly $153 million predecessor, Captain Marvel, that launched with. Sequels, especially in Marvel Land, aren't supposed to uh, fall off a cliff like this. The previous low for a Walt Disney co-owned Marvel movie was Ant-Man, which bowed with $57 million, just a shade over, uh, back in 2015. And finally, we're going to go out west to Buffalo, uh, because Congressman Brian Higgins says that he will leave office before the end of his current term early next year, after 19 years on the job. The Buffalo Democrat says that he's grown frustrated with dysfunction in the House. At a news conference yesterday, he said that he will leave during the first week of February, but has not said yet what he's going to do next. Higgins was first elected to Congress in 2004 and is credited with leading the efforts to revitalize Buffalo's waterfront. His departure could lead to a special election next spring in the 26th Congressional District. The district includes parts of Erie and Niagara counties, including the cities of Buffalo and Niagara Falls. Time for us to uh, step aside momentarily. Uh, when we begin, when we return, I should say, <laughs> on the update this Monday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports and how Tommy DeVito getting a stir career start for the New York football giants. Um, 
Well, he got sacked five times, Mr. DeVito did, but he also got a couple of late touchdowns, which is more than what the Giants got against the Cowboys in the season opener. But the result was still the same. It's still a loss. Uh, This is a question that apparently is as old as time itself. How long should you wait before you sleep together as a relationship? As a woman, this question can be particularly tricky. One woman says she won't sleep with a man until he spends $2,000 on her. And you're going to love to hear uh, the reasons why. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Down in Columbia in South Carolina, their Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott said that he was ending his bid for the presidency in a move that surprised well, even his donors and his campaign staff. Uh, we'll explain why they were so surprised, and more too, uh, when the update of Brandon Julian uh, returns in uh, just a moment. Brandon Julian. Uh, you know, folks, I, I don't know about you, but, this, you know, this kind of feels like a bit of a misdemeanor. You know, I think I might have just summoned something. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Her words weren't written under peaceful shade but under fear for her life. Everyone has inside a piece of good news. For two agonizing years, she worried about being caught by the Nazis. The good news is that you don't know how great you can be. Though her story ended early, her words live on. I don't think of all the misery, but of the beauty that still remains. With her positive outlook, Anne Frank continues to fill us with hope. Hope. Pass it on from PassItOn.com. Maybe he was born with his witty humor. Some people bring joy wherever they go. Some whenever they go. Or as a frontier newspaper reporter. There's nothing to be learned from the second kick of a mule. Maybe he got his insights from being a riverboat captain. Never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. Wherever he went, Mark Twain found humor all around. Humor. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. Brandon Julian. You know, if I get if I read something wrong in the script of stories that I have for the program, my producers during the break will come up to me and be like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'll usually say something like, "I don't know, I'm just pissed. I don't want to go home." Why is that? I think my house is haunted. Why do you say that? My wife is there. (laughs) And it's nothing mean on my wife. Nothing rude about it either. I love her dearly. But every once in a while, she'll just give me the look with her eyes that just says, Get out. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning at midnight on Saturday, November 18th, to 4 a.m. on Monday, November 20th, and on several weekends in early 2024. Seven and N trains will be suspended between Queens and Manhattan because of the Queensboro Plaza Accessibility Project. On these weekends, seven trains will not run between 74th Street Broadway and 34th Street Hudson Yards. N trains will not run between 39th Avenue and 57th Street 7th Avenue in Manhattan. N trains will run in two sections, between Coney Island and 57th Street, and then via the Q line to 96th Street. 
and a shuttle train will run in Queens between Astoria Ditmars Boulevard and 39th Avenue Dutch Kills. The Long Island Railroad will accommodate customers at no additional cost for trips between Flushing, Metz Willits Point, Woodside, and Penn Station or Grand Central. Additional service will run on the E&R lines to accommodate customers. E&R trains are available at Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue, Queens Plaza for the R train only, and intermediate local stops. Trains will run every eight minutes on each line during days and evenings. Free shuttle buses will run between 74th Street, Broadway, and Queens Plaza, making all seven train local stops. The Q93 between Queens Plaza and Vernon Boulevard, Jackson Avenue, and the Q92 overnight between Times Square, 42nd Street, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning August 28th, through the first half of 2024. F trains will run on the E line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M-trains will run between 57th Street on the F-Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F-shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June 26th through January of 2024, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Through early 2024, Manhattan-bound seven trains are skipping 111th Street and 82nd Street, Jackson Heights, because of station improvements. For nearby service, use a Flushing-bound 7 train or use the Q32 or Q48 buses on days and evenings along Roosevelt Avenue. Through December of 2023, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains are skipping 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of accessibility work and station improvements. During rush hours, skip-stop service on the Z train will not be running. For nearby service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. 
Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B60, M116, Q4, Q4 Limited, S46, and S96 Limited, starting September 24th. Transfers on all other lines must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 Select Bus Service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other Select Bus Service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. Uh, Knicks and the Hornets going at it at, you know, the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Julius Randle, he had 23 with five boards and five assists. And the Knicks scored a season high in their 129-107 win on Sunday over the Hornets. R.J. Barrett scored 24, Jalen Brunson had 23, and Emmanuel quickly had a 17. Uh, the Knicks shot a season-high 54% from the field to win their third in a row. LaMelo Ball led Charlotte with 32, 7 boards, and 6 assists. Mark Williams had 10 points, and Brandon Miller had 11 on 5 of 6 shooting before he left with an ankle injury uh, during the second quarter. Nets and the Wizards going at it in Brooklyn, just uh, over the bridge. Uh, Mikhail Bridges at 27 with 13 boards, and the Nets recovered after blowing a 17-point lead to beat the Wizards 102-94. Cam Johnson added 14, and starting center Nick Claxon in just his, sixth, his second game of the season, at 10 points and 13 boards to spark a huge rebounding advantage and help the Nets finish strong after they had coughed up the lead. A rookie, Bial Koulibaly, uh, Victor Vambayana's his teammate last season in France, had a season high twenty. Uh, had a season high twenty uh, for the Wizards. Uh, from the diamond, the diamond got the hardwood. Let's go over to the gridiron down in the heart of Texas, Arlington, uh, Texas. Uh, <laughs> Giants and the Cowboys going at it, and Tommy DeVito got the start for the Giants after, you know, Daniel Jones had that season-ending injury, and Tyrod Taylor is still injured. Uh, he started deep in his own territory, DeVito did. He did get sacked five times, but he also got a couple of late touchdowns, which is more than the Giants got against the Cowboys in the season opener. Uh, it still ended in a loss. Though, DeVito completed 14 of 27 passes for 86 yards in the 49-17 loss. It came two months after the Giants lost 40 to nothing at home to Dallas in the season opener. DeVito became the first undrafted rookie quarterback to ever start for the Giants, as we just said, with Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. They are both still injured. And uh, out in the West, in Las Vegas, uh, Jets quarterback one Adam Rodgers. He says that his goal is to return from a mid Achilles from a torn Achilles tendon by mid December. That's according to NBC's Melissa Stark, who spoke to Rodgers and reported his comments during the telecast of the get of the Jets' game at Vegas against the Raiders. Uh, Rodgers had hinted recently he hopes to return before the end of the year. But this is the most specific he has been thus far. Uh, he suffered what was thought to be a season-ending injury in the season opener, of course, against the Bills. Uh, now, folks, when we return on the update this Monday, 
Um, one woman is refusing to sleep with a man until he spends $2,000 with her, and you're gonna love, and I mean it, you're really gonna love the reason why. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Washington, uh, the U.S. and China are the two global economic heavyweights. Uh, of course, a fragile global economy is at stake. The U.S. and China are seeking to cool tensions at the APEC summit. Got to talk about this stuff and more, too. Uh, but first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. Where has the time gone? I really hope that I didn't write that line. Well, maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, of course, but it's always nice to look back on the past. It helps us grow as people. Plus, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And in our new series where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this program. I've always said over the years that my producers, they love an excuse to have a party. Every weekend, we're going to go into the update vault and play you some episodes from throughout the many years of this program. And in my new special series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this show, once a month, I'll play a select episode from that list. I have a whole list of favorite episodes, and we'll play that for you. It's a big party, of course, and you and your friends are all invited. And if you don't know we're having a big party, you will, after you hear this soundbite, declaring that we are having a big party. So, every weekend, we'll go look out for the update vaults, play some of our episodes for the many years of this show, and of course, also, once a month, look out for a, the list of my favorite episodes from throughout the years. Keep listening, of course, folks, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget, unless you can't uh, remember that party from, you know, the night before. <laughs> now, of course, the update of Brandon Julian will be right back after these messages. And uh, isn't this exciting, folks? Wow. Oh, don't laugh. Get up notice, but some of you didn't. But uh, that actually is pretty darn good. My producers are getting better last year. For a surprise, they left me a 4th of July wiener. I, uh, I found it on the inside of the couch. All right, it is my duty now to send you back to the remainder of this program, so go. Go there now. Brandon Julian. You know, you'll hear comedians and other people say, out there that marriage is an institution that later cost some people tens of millions of dollars to get themselves out of. Or you'll hear people say that marriage is an institution. Well, so is Alcatraz. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you can't compare marriage to prison. And those same people will be like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, in prison, the warden doesn't max out your credit cards. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. My grandpa Lou is the reason why my dad and I started racing, and I'm really proud to follow on his tracks. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. I've learned a lot on this journey with my grandpa, Lou, and the memories of my grandpa will always be with me. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Talking about Alzheimer's can be really tough, but if you notice something, have a conversation with your loved one. 
encourage them to see a doctor, or offer to go with them. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. The Alzheimer's Association provides care, support, and research to help you take control of the situation with your family and manage the disease together. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk, a message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Honestly, people, I would do anything for my wife, Tommy, but I know I'm not the best romantic person out there. There are more people that are more romantic than I am. Did you know, folks, that a long, long time ago, Prince Edward abdicated his right to the English throne to the woman he loved? Isn't that unbelievable? He had to choose between the woman he loved or being king of England. And that idiot chose the girl. Now, I'm sure, folks, that it was the right moment at that exact moment in time, and I'm happily in a relationship with my wife. But even in the best of moments, each person in a relationship has had a time where they thought, I've made an enormous mistake. But you know what, folks? I bet you never thought I could have been King of England. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Indeed, it is, folks. Uh, welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Monday, everyone. Start of a brand new week for us together around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. The first full week in the month. God, first full week. <laughs> the full, the only full week, I should say, in the month of November, Thanksgiving, right around the corner. It's next Thursday. Mm. It'll sneak up. It'll sneak up on you before you even recognize it. Of course, many people are starting to find their way to get out of town. Many people are also going to be spending um, Thanksgiving with, uh, you know, family, uh, family, their partners, people they love. It's kind of weird for me because um, I've never actually spent Thanksgiving with my wife. Every year or so, she goes down to Delaware. I say Delaware, God. <laughs> she goes down to, uh, is it Delaware? Is it Delaware or Maryland? No, it's Delaware. I'm pretty sure it is. Every year she goes down to Delaware to visit her fam, to visit her family, and I stay, I stay up here, you know, we video chat and stuff, even though it's supposed to be with family and, uh, whatnot. I swear. One year, though, one year, though, we are gonna spend actually Thanksgiving together. But Christmas is the next closest thing, so, you know, I'm grateful, uh, grateful for that. Anyway, I mentioned uh, being with you know, people that you love for the holidays, whether specific, specifically your partner. Because uh, we've all heard the questions. It's, it's a question, one specifically, that's as old as time. How long should you wait before you sleep together with your partner? Well, um, for women, the question itself is particularly tricky. I should preemphasize this by saying that uh, this uh, this story is pub is written by is in the perspective by this woman. I think we've done some of our articles before. One Jana Hawking is from news.com.au. I believe it's from Australia. I'll have the editors double check that. <laughs> But yes, this article is then from the perspective of this woman. Um, you know, because my situation, my wife is very specific. I don't think it was quite a while before we actually started, um, before we actually started sleeping together, but I actually didn't mind it. I uh, actually didn't mind it at all. It allowed us to get closer. But yes, this is a question that's as old as time itself. How long should you wait before you sleep together? As a woman, the question is particularly tricky. Not because they're supposed to be ladies, in quotes. 
No, that feud died as soon as the Sex and the City girls knocked knocked blokes over the head. And you know this is from Australia because it just said blokes. Over the head with the news that, yes, women enjoy getting jiggy with it just as much as they do. And no, it's trickier for women because, uh, well, you can thank podcaster Joe Rogan for that. We've all heard about the frightful PNS. If you don't know what PNS is, and like I said, I'm going to say the full thing because I know we're all friends here. PNS stands for post-nut syndrome. And just in case you haven't heard of it, PNS involves a man experiencing some sort of guilt following climax, particularly how over how they achieved orgasm. I can't believe I'm actually reading this. <laughs> this feeling could be the result of having an affair, watching uh, pornography, or hooking up with someone they actually don't have genuine feelings for. Rogan explained it best by saying, quote, You realize you made a mistake, especially if the woman is really into you, and you're really not into her, and you're like, oh, I made an error, and then you do feel like an asshole, but I'm just being honest. I got tricked by genetics. So trust me, me isn't the woman who was writing the article. When I say, as a woman, you don't want to be jumping into bed with a guy too early, only for him to get the job done, experience PNS, and then vamoosh into thin air. Uh, I honestly think there is nothing more brutal than being gusted after sex. It's mortifying. So when I heard a brand new theory about how long you should wait before having sex, I leaned in. Now, quick disclaimer, when the answer was first put to me, I literally made the sound. <laughs> yes, be warned, though, it does sound rather ridiculous. But give it a second, and let the theory actually sink in, and you may eventually come around to it. Um, at the time this article was written, I discovered it on a weekend during a road trip while listening to a great dating, podcast, dating podcast by a woman called Tinks. Yes, that is a fabulous name. She was going through a list of dating non-negotiables and casually mentioned that a friend of hers has now made a point of not sleeping with a guy until he has spent at least $2,000 on dates with her. And yes, you did hear that correctly. We're talking about a whopping $2,000. Has nobody ever heard of what's going on, you know, the cost of living crisis? No longer are we basing the decision on time, like three to five dates. We're basing it on cash, cash money. Specifically, $2,000. So like I said, at first I was feeling a little outraged. Surely you can't hold a man to that. Plus in this day and age, shouldn't we all be paying for half the bill anyway? But okay, I, I realize some people are outraged by that. So that's a decision that you could probably hold have another day. Uh, but two thousand day, two thousand dollars on dates before you get a Rudy nudie. What the fuck am I? <laughs> what am I even reading anymore? Uh, it seemed a little extreme at first. Then I let my mind wander to the couple of gents I've jumped into bed with after three to five dates, and I thought, sheesh, if I was living by that fear, I could have avoided a couple of mistakes. The first reason why this new rule is kind of growing on me is that if a guy is willing to go on enough dates to warrant $2,000 of out-of-pocket expenses, then there's a fair chance the guy is properly invested in you. I mean, if a libido can withstand that many dates, then he's a keeper. Uh, well, unless he's super loaded and can comfortably blow $2,000 on one to two dates. In that case, I say bugger and jump right in. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or am I? <laughs> the second reason I like this rule, and I think most importantly, is spending that amount of time together without being distracted by nakedness right away actually might actually help us get all those icks out of the way nice and early. For example, I went on a couple of dates with a guy last year and felt comfortable in my decision to sleep with him after three dates. 
On the fourth date, however, I discovered he still lets his mum do his laundry for him. He's in his late 30s. And he calls wine, rosé wine, rose. Ugh, I can't be dating a man-child. Had I waited until we reached the $2,000 mark, I would have discovered all this long before he showed me his dad's bod, and I could have walked away feeling slightly less guilty. Uh, perhaps if we want to be a little less, uh, dare I say, shallow, rather than basing uh, the decision on money, we could base it off a checklist instead. The checklist it should include things like, what do they do for a job? Do they maintain basic adult responsibilities, like remembering to take the rubbish out? I'm guessing they mean garbage. <laughs> How to do laundry? Can they cook a basic meal? Where do they live? Have they ever been to jail? If yes, what for? You might laugh at this one, but you would be surprised by a person's criminal history. Have they ever had an AVO? I have no idea what an AVO means, but it sounds painful. How long ago was their last relationship? Uh, why did they break up? What's their take on contraception? Condoms should be a non-negotiable, people. Do you feel safe around them? And do you feel confident they will contact you the next morning? If you can answer to all of those above questions, then you're welcome to pass go, collect your $2,000, and feel free to show him your hoo-ha. Uh, think of all of the mistakes that we could avoid if we just did a little more research. Lads, be saving those pennies. Especially in this day and age. You know how expensive stuff is these days? <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of things that you should be preparing for the future, uh, in the face of human-caused climate change impacting water access and the weather patterns in the Willamette Valley, uh, it's a region that's known for hops growing, Farmers, they're using all the new strategies they can they can get to stay afloat and provide for large and small breweries alike. I'm uh, going to talk about this and more because national news, it is next for us around here, of course, when the update of Brain and Julian continues. Brandon Julian. You know, it's a big holiday tradition, you know, it's fruitcake. I love all the holiday traditions, as Jim Gavigan once said. You know, like the Christmas tree. My birthday's right next to Christmas. Christmas tree, you know, we go chop a tree, we go put it in our living room. Sometimes I think that's the creation of a drunk man, really. Some woman wakes up. Honey, why is there a pine tree in our living room? I like it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna decorate it for Jesus. And then I'm gonna hang my socks over the fireplace. Fill them with candy. Maybe I can tie some leaves to a signal, see if I can get some action. And now I'm gonna puke on this catch. Merry Christmas. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. 
Brandon Julian. You know, Valentine's Day coming up. We surprise the ones we love with those big red hearts, you know, filled with the gamble chocolate. Think about it. Has anybody ever eaten any chocolate of those with any confidence? You're like, oh, this is either going to be really good or horribly nasty. Guess I'm just big enough to find out. Oh, I got the one filled with toothpaste. Gonna take another nine of those to get rid of that flavor. You know, there's a big red heart filled with the gamble chocolate, otherwise there's the tiny heart-shaped antacids. I know I make you nauseous. Here's a Tums with Hug Me written on it. You know, maybe that'll help. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Monday, everyone. Sort of a brand new week for us together around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, let us talk together right now, of course, on the latest national news. And we're going to begin down in Columbia in South Carolina and talk decision 2024. The Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott, he says that he's ending his bid there uh, for presidency in a move that, um, well, surprises donors and even stunned his campaign staff. The South Carolina senator made the announcement on Fox on Fox News Fox News channels this Sunday night in America with Trey Gowdy. Scott says, quote, I think the voters who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me not now, Tim. The decision, of course, it comes as Scott is continuing the struggle in the polls in a field dominated, of course, by the former president. Scott, the Senate's only black Republican, entered the race with uh, more cash than any other Republican candidate, but he just couldn't find a way to break through. And under new, in other news, we're going to go to Washington. For the United States and China, they are the two global economic heavyweights, of course. Combined, they produce more than 40% of the world's goods and services. So when Washington and Beijing do economic battle, as they have for the last five years now, of course, the rest of the world is suffering too. And when they hold a rare high-level summit, as President Biden and Xi Jinping will this week, it can have some global consequences. The world's economy could surely benefit from a U.S.-China detente. Since 2020, it suffered just one crisis after another. The COVID pandemic, soaring inflation, surging interest rates, and violent conflicts. Hopes have risen that Washington and Beijing can at least cool some of their economic tensions at uh, the APEC summit. Speaking of President Biden, he has a lot of unfinished business from his first term that he intends to continue if he's re-elected next year. It's a far different vision for the country than from what the former president has outlined during his own campaign, which we will actually address in just a second. Biden, he wants to expand child care, community college, and prescription drug benefits for Americans. The Democrat is also pushing to protect voting rights and restore nationwide access to abortion. If Biden wins next year, he probably will face some of the same political headwinds he's had to deal with in his first term, including firm Republican opposition up on Capitol Hill. And back here in New York, speaking of, the uh, former president is already laying a sweeping set of policy goals should he win a second term as president. Priorities on the Republicans' agenda include a mass deportation operation, a new Muslim ban, and tariffs on all imported goods. If his plans were to make it into place, they would represent a dramatic overhaul of government, arguably more consequential than that of his first term on issues ranging from immigration and homelessness to education and crime. 
Some of his current ideas would probably end up in court or impeded by Congress. Trump's campaign and allied groups are assembling policy books with detailed plans. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brain and Julian returns in just 60 seconds. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives. But he was there beside me. And my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Monday, everyone. Start of a brand new week for us together around here. I thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we're talking together right now, of course, together, the latest national news. And uh, we're going to go out to the big island of Hawaii in Honolulu and talk about the weather. We only address it, of course, when the weather is bad. And it is out there. There's a wildfire burning in a remote rainforest there. It's underscoring a new reality for the normally lush island state. Just a few months, of course, after that devastating blaze on a neighboring island, leveled an entire town, and killed at least a 100 people. No one was injured, and no homes burned in the latest fire, which scorched mountain ridges on Oahu. But the flames, they wiped out irreplaceable forest land that's home to nearly two dozen fragile species. Severe drought fueled by climate change is creating fire in Hawaii where it's almost never been before. This blaze on Oahu's wet and windward side is definitely unusual. Overseas in Paris, in other news, more than 180,000 people there across France, including 100,000 in Paris, they marched peacefully to protest against rising anti-Semitism in the wake of the war against Hamas in Gaza. Prime Minister Elizabeth Baroni, representatives of several parties on the left, conservatives and centrists of President Emmanuel Macron's party participated in the march amid an alarming increase in anti-Jewish acts in France since the start of the war. French authorities have registered over a thousand anti-Jewish acts in the month since the attack back in October. Uh, Far-right leader Marine Le Pen also attended, a mere fierce criticism that a once pariah national rally party has failed to shake off its anti-Semitic heritage despite growing political legitimacy. Over in State College in Pennsylvania, number two Michigan, they play without their coach Jim Harbaugh, beating number nine Penn State after a judge didn't issue a ruling on Saturday on the school's attempt to temporarily lift the Big Ten Conference's penalty against the Wolverines for a a sign-stealing scheme. Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel said 90 minutes before kickoff that Harbaugh wouldn't be at Beaver Stadium with the team. Offensive coordinator Sharon Moore served as the acting head coach and led the Wolverines to a 24-15 win. Manuel says a hearing in the school's lawsuit challenging the Big Ten's punishment uh, of Harbaugh is scheduled for this Friday, the 17th. And finally, we're going to go out to the American West, out of Mount Angel in Oregon. In the face of human-caused climate change impacting water access and weather patterns in the Willamette Valley, which is a region that's known for hops growing, 
Farmers are using all the new strategies they can to stay afloat and provide for large and small breweries alike. Climate change is anticipated to only further the challenges that producers are already seeing in hops and barley. Researchers are working with growers to help counter the effects of more volatile weather systems with improved hops varieties by adding water by adding winter barley uh, to the mix. I'm going to let you guys ponder on this. As we say, in the words of Walter Cronkite, um, that's the way it is. Monday, November the 13th, uh, 2023. Uh, that is the update on this Monday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. The uh, next episode in my favorite episode series, it deals with the really the first year of the show. It has to deal with the uh, what happened, the aftermath of the events in Manchester over in England, that Ariana Grande concert. Uh, we'll uh, that's coming up, I should say, in December. I will tell you about it, the date when we actually get closer to the month of December. Uh, so until the next time we get together once again, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And, you know, most importantly, please, uh, please be well. We're continuing the road to Thanksgiving. That's always some good stuff. Um, I know my wife's definitely excited and so am I. Let's talk about that and a lot more too, of course, folks, when I see all of you right back here tomorrow. See you then.